Hello, and welcome back to the Universe Podcast. I am your host, Tegan Elliott, and today I am joined by special guest, Mitchell. Hey. Hi, Mitchell. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And how are you? Doing swell. It was actually very wet today. <laughs> so I've slowly been drying off. I've been damp the entire day. But you have been in this building working all day because you do law. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good fun. I work and school. Yeah. So Perfect. what? So I know you have like, you're a very busy person. Every time I speak to you, you've always got something going on. I rarely see you on nights out. You're always really busy. So what company do you run? And then like, you also, I know you work in law and you're studying law at the same time. Yeah, yeah, no. So basically, I work in an administrative role for a law firm. Um, then I study law in year two. And then on top of that, I've got the cleaning business as well. So that's the company that I run outside of it. That, to be fair, doesn't take up too much time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not doing any cleaning. Well, the moment, so. Well, so, so you run the business, but is it like basic in your hometown, like where you're from? Or is it's it across the country? So it, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it depends because it, it's nice and easy because it's cleaning. Obviously, I can run adverts from anywhere. I can do, um, you know, I, I can answer calls from anywhere. I can answer texts. Um, so all I really need to do is sort of <laughs> arrange people around and get the admin sorted. So wow, makes so, life easier. Okay, that's pretty crazy. So how are you? Like, how much of your time then is taken up by doing your law job? And how do you manage that doing school assignments as well? Because I know law students, everyone mm. I know that does law is pretty busy. Yeah, so essentially my contract says that I work half past nine till half past five. So I work 35 hours a week. Um, not full-time by American standards, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much full-time. I mean, yeah, I'd say that's pretty full-time. Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's, it's nice. Obviously, I get an hour for lunch. And um, what happened is they're fully aware that I, I go to university. So the okay. days where I do have something, I'll just make the time up at the end of the day if there's stuff to be done. Um, so if there's not, you know, sometimes there's nothing you can do because there is literally nobody working. Um, yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I'll just make up the time. But pretty much I'll work uh, uh, full-time hours doing that. And are there other people that, like, also are university students, like, doing what you're doing? I guess it's a common thing. Not that I know of, no. I, I don't yeah, know any You're, uni- you're <laughs> any the only one I know that, yeah. that does this. Yeah, I think I'm the only person stupid enough to do it, I think, is yeah. what it comes down to. I don't know anyone that, like... I, I was told before I started, you know, don't underestimate a law degree. It's going to take up a lot of time. And yeah. that they were right. You know, it, it is busy all the time. But so far, so good. I've managed to <laughs> carry on. Yeah. So how long is your course? Is, is it a three-year course? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. yeah. So it'll be three years, three years undergrad. And then obviously there's master's, um, you know, if I wanted to do the JD in the States or any, anything like that, um, that would be extra, but yeah, undergrad course. You had told me that you were considering going to the States in the past. Is that, st- is that still the plan? Yeah, well, something I've thought about for a while is that there's, uh, in order to qualify as a sister, um, obviously there's exams you have to do, but there's also a period of work that you have to do for a law firm or providing legal services. So something I've thought about is uh, I can go to New York and I can take the bar with my undergrad law degree, which is obviously in the States, you have like a different process that like you have to do like poli-sci, something like that, and then do yeah. your law postgrad. Um, but uh, with your undergrad law degree from the UK, you can go to New York, you can take the bar, and the next day you can practice as, as a lawyer in the States. Well, so that's, that's crazy. <laughs> like you practice British law while you're here, and then you go and you could become an American lawyer. Yeah, I mean... Uh, Does it not work the other way around? Like, can an American person that studies there come here and become a lawyer? Recently? Yes, but there is it, it's slightly different sense. So an American coming over here, I think, would have to take the SQE in the same way. Uh, I have a feeling, although I'm not sure, they would also have to have the, the relevant experience. So they'd have to have the two years of experience in the States. Now, the strange thing is, I could do my d- undergrad degree here, 
go and pass the bar in America, do two years in America, and then come back here and get that recognized here as, you know, yeah. <laughs> as, as experience to qualify as a solicitor. But literally after I passed the bar, as far as I can tell, once you pass the bar and you pass the, you know, the character, so on, <laughs> then you can just start working straight away, which is, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an old system. It's a bit more lax than here. Okay. Okay, so I remember when we first, like, met, essentially, you had told me you had, like, this big medical drama that happened to you <laughs> in America, and then you were working, like, m a lot to try and pay off a lot of medical debt, essentially. So do you th is that why? Did you already have a bunch of jobs, like, going into uni and stuff, like, when you did have the medical situation in America? and Or, like, did you get all these jobs to help, like, pay that off, and now will you've continued that? Like, what was sure. the inspiration behind that? Yeah, no, I mean, with, with the jobs, I started working straight out of school. So I didn't go to college. Um, I, I started working full-time immediately. Um, and then I, started, I, I sort of left full-time work to start my own business. Um, and then I've kind of done a mix of both since, depending on the situation. Um, yeah, so w when you mentioned I did, I got, I got really sick. Okay, it, can you explain to the listeners <laughs> what happened to you in America? Because if it's not too traumatizing. Because this was like, I remember you telling me the story and I was like, there is no way. And then you sent me <laughs> pictures. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, red skin. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, so basically what happened was I went to the Caribbean. Um, I was there for about a month um, working and, and just doing other things. And then I went to the States because I got family there. So I, I flew over, the UK had gone back into lockdown. So I thought rather than go back home, I'll go to the States, I'll relax, it'll be great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh no. So yeah, so the next day I flew over to, from Barbados to Miami International Airport. Spent the night on the floor in Miami, which was, well, originally I thought I'd got ill because it's not, it's not the nicest environment. Oh no. Um, but yeah, no, and then I flew across over to Portland and then got really sick in Portland. So I thought originally it was just, you know, I thought it was COVID. Um, I had a nasty, nasty headache coming down. Um, once I got down to Portland, well, down Up to Florence, to, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, I got basically, I got checked out. Um, my, I had a disgusting fever. Um, I was just, I felt awful. It was, it was horrendous. And then basically, yeah, I was just bed bound and then hospitalized at the end of that once they were, because we weren't sure if it was COVID or not, but at the time there wasn't the test that we have now. Um, so the only place we could get the test was in the hospital, which was obviously I, I couldn't leave the house. So it was, yeah. Um, my skin went red. It was, it was, it was gross. Yeah. So wasn't it like a mosquito or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what did you have then? So it turns out it was a mosquito. It was dengue. Zika, yellow fever, West Nile virus, and chikungunya. <laughs> so, rattiest mosquito on the You planet. had the worst luck in the world yeah. to get bitten by this mosquito. Yeah. I, 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 the only thing I can think of, and something they said to me, is that if you get infected twice with things like dengue, then it can cause you, like, the symptoms to get way worse. Um, and so, the only thing I can think of is that, you know, at the start, when I first got to the Caribbean, I was bitten by a mosquito and didn't even notice, you know, carried on with life. And then... I got bitten by the rattiest mosquito the planet's ever seen, went to the States, and then just got deathly ill. I mean, it was, it, the chances of that happening must have been... <laughs> yeah, so then, like, talking medical bills, how did that work? Like, so, because you went to the hospital in America, you yeah. were treated there, and then didn't you also then go on the plane, still just kind of ill, just hoping to get back to England, yeah. to the land of the free healthcare? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that was exactly it. So I went, um, obviously, I got my COVID tests, 
Um, they spoke to me, checked out my, you know, the skin rash and everything like that. And um, there's a blood test, urine test. Sorry, too much information. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just like, it's, cr- I don't know anyone that has had something like that. That's I mean, it crazy. was ridiculous. And the worst thing was I had insurance. I was responsible. When I went to this, when I went over originally to the Caribbean, I got insurance for Barbados for a whole month that I was there. So if I'd got ill whilst I was there, I was covered. Like it wouldn't cost me a penny. But because I chose rather than coming back to the UK to go to the States, I wasn't covered at all, so I was completely uninsured. Oh, no. And it was the first day that, well, the second day that I was there that I started, that I fell ill. And so there was no way to prove absolutely that it definitely was in the Caribbean, apart from those mosquitoes. And um, they were going through a waiver dinghy at the time. They were very prevalent in, in the Caribbean. So, yeah, I wasn't covered. Um, and like you say, it was hundreds, hundreds of dollars um, immediately. Uh, every test. It was, yep. it was expensive. And yeah, no, then, yeah. then literally I just had a, I, I had a conversation with my GP back home and we did a FaceTime call. At the time they weren't seeing anyone or a Zoom call, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's, he's just said, essentially, look, we don't recommend that you go anywhere, but if you're going to, go now. Um, so I was like, fuck it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> back to the UK. And then I was hospitalized after I landed at Heathrow immediately. Oh my God. Yeah. And I missed my flight, which was just great. Oh my gosh. So that to me is crazy. Because I mean, like when I sprained my ankle here, I had like a trauma story. I don't know (laughs) if I told you the story with like when I had hurt my back in the past. It's a, it's a, it's a a special story. (laughs) However, when I did hurt my ankle, I was like, what if it's broken? I was like, I was like, I need to go get it checked out like now, period. So my friend, shout out to Lois, drove me to A&E and uh, went to go get an x-rayed and there like when I was like leaving when I was done they're like no it's actually not broken you're okay in that regard I was like great she's um, the the nurse was like okay yeah like the exit's that way and I'm like oh like do I not need like is there no copay or like (laughs) like, is there truly nothing like I really didn't believe it and they don't even have card machines like they don't even have card readers they couldn't even take my money if they wanted to Um, I think do you pay like when you first come, like when you get the visa and so on, do you pay like a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So as an international student, we have um, like with the IHS, uh, we have like a, we have a fee that we pay up front at the beginning of our three years, um, which covers you um, for the time you're here. Yeah. So then it was free. And I, I was really late with uh, my registration for the doctor. I just registered this year and I, f- I forgot to register last year. I haven't done it yet. And I, I, got, get it I got really, <laughs> no, but I got really ill last year and I should have had it done, yeah. but I didn't. But now I do. So go Unity Health. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but yeah, so another thing I want to talk to you about was the special friend here that we have that no one else can see named Paws. Paws <laughs> is what kind of dog? Paws is a miniature cockapoo. He's, okay. a, he's a little cutie. He's a ball of fluff. He is a little cutie. So <laughs> I remember when you said that you were getting this puppy and then you were going to uni and you had this whole puppy. I was like, how is this man going to have his landlord let him have a dog and like a puppy? <laughs> and then on top of it, take care of it while you're at uni because you're a very busy person. So how do you manage having a pet at uni? And then I feel like you're one of the few people I know that's like an exception in a lot of ways that you... Oh, pause. <laughs> that, 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 that you're... You have such a great work ethic, and you like, you have such drive and ambition, and I don't know many people with as much ambition as you, so like, how do you manage to then also have a puppy on top of everything you already do? I think rather than looking at Paul's as, as something that like, drags you down, I think Paul's is a necessity. Yeah. <laughs> He's, I mean, obviously, nobody that's listening can actually see him, but he is essentially... A teddy bear. I mean, I will is. post a picture on the Instagram <laughs> of Paws. Exactly. I mean, he, he's he, you know he is 
uh, he's just adorable. He is amazing. And it's relatively easy because obviously I work from home. Um, I do have PBL sessions and things like that, but the handy thing is that he fits into a little carrier, so he can come with me. Um, he's the best behaved dog on the planet. I mean, he just falls asleep. So I can take him to classes, I can take him home. Um, so far, so good, nobody's mentioned anything. Um, you know, I'm waiting for the day when someone kicks off, but so far it's been okay. Um, the landlord thing was, was, was interesting, because originally they did say he couldn't come. Uh, I'd already put down a deposit. I was, I was ready to get a tent. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, oh, I, like, I was oh. just gonna get him regardless. Um, Luckily, the the contract that she used, the government's taking steps to make pets easier to have in rented accommodation because obviously so many landlords are against them. And there are also people, I mean, like you have less like emotional support animals. Yeah, like yeah, you, exactly. Yeah, is that what Paws kind of is for you? This like release, like cuddles? In real terms, yeah. yeah. I, I haven't got him registered on the scheme, but I want to get him one of the little jackets just so that if anyone Aww. ever does see him. <laughs> <laughs> but he isn't, he isn't registered as anything. Um, but, I mean, he is that. I mean, just look at him. I mean, he's... <laughs> I will be posting a picture, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, no, he's great. And and it is, you, you would think it would be difficult to manage with everything else, but the truth is that cockapoos especially, they're lap dogs, you know, they, they like to be around you. And um, the exercise that he gets, I could I could walk him back from here, back to mine, which is about 15 minutes. And by the time we get back, he'll be asleep, you know, he'll be done. That's Aww. all the exercise he wants. <laughs> Well, so then how did you manage the landlord thing? So like yeah, so, well, the, the, government, the government's trying to encourage landlords to accept animals. And um, because they're not doing it, I think they're trying to change the law around it. But what they do have is um, basically a model rental agreement. So any landlord can go, if, the, if, the, if you've just bought a house, you can go onto the government website, you can get, download this contract, which is basically a template contract for renting your property out. 80% um, of, of rentals have them, so it, it's like really common. You know, mo most people that rent a house will actually have one of these contracts. And in that contract, it talks about, um, basically, you can't have a pet in the building without the express consent of the landlord, which won't be withheld without um, you know, good reason, essentially. That's more or less, I'm paraphrasing, but that's okay. more or less what it says. So That's why we have our lawyer here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, I study law. Yeah. <laughs> no, so that, that's exactly it. Basically, what they did was they have guidance on the website which talks about what the specific clauses mean so that ordinary people can read it and understand. Um, they changed the notes attached to one. It's also to tell, obviously to help the courts interpret what the contract terms are supposed to mean. And they included, they, they changed the notes so that it included basically, specifically when it talks about the consent won't be unreason unreasonably withheld. Um, they said that a blanket ban, for example, would be wouldn't be allowed, you know, it wouldn't be considered to be under that. So essentially their own contract said that their blanket policy on pets was unenforceable, that they, you know, it wasn't a, a thing. They had to give a, a, def a definitive reason, a good reason for not taking him. So I obviously spoke to people at, work, at my work and I I'd emailed the landlord back to say that and I spoke to people at my work and they basically essentially said the same thing. They said, yeah, this is all good. Um, you know, if she has a genuine reason, then he can't stay, but otherwise, it should be all good. Um, so I was fully ready. You know, it was going to be like a back and forth. You, you, you were gonna I was, fight. I was on the warpath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But she was really understanding, luckily, and 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 she is, you know, a really lovely landlord. You can appreciate where she's coming from because it is a difficult situation, especially if you're a student landlord. You know, you never know what kind of state the properties can be in anyway. Yeah. Um, but she was really understanding. She she said it was it was okay. It's the first time that she'd do it, but she was okay doing it as long as you know we were responsible. And, she, and you know she's come over. She loves him. Oh, okay, <laughs> Everyone <good>. does. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so that, that's that's how we got around that situation. It was. Um, I'm not sure it'd be easy to do again. You know, especially like looking now for the second year. If if I move out of the, the house we're in now, um, most of them will have a blanket ban 
you obviously you don't have a con you haven't signed a contract with them so that's not enforceable um so yeah i mean if you want a pet at university move into the house first and then try <laughs> <laughs> ask for forgiveness not for permission yeah kind of <laughs> something along those lines so i know that you also like to travel a lot yes. and so being on zoom you're able to work from anywhere so uh, what has been like your favorite place that you've traveled to while you've been working oh i mean i love america I love the States. <laughs> I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Thank yeah. you. I don't, I don't hear that a lot. <laughs> you be, yeah, it's, it's surprising. I think everyone everyone loves to hate it, but the truth is that you know everyone that goes there loves the States. Um, I have family in Oregon, so that you know, obviously yeah. gorgeous area. PNW um, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you say exactly. Yeah. I mean, because you've been to Seattle, yeah. Uh, yeah, briefly for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely. Not as nice as Florence, but. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, you're comparing <laughs> very two different places. If you want to take apples and oranges, there you go. Still Pacific Northwest. Wait, oh, Florence. I thought you were talking about Florence, Florence Italy. Oregon. No, not Italy. <laughs> I was like, that <laughs> mother, Florence. they're uncomparable. I was, okay, no. No, down the road from you. I've never been to Florence, Oregon. No. Should. Well, Oregon is it's just a lesser Washington. Really? Inferior? I, I will fight you. That's what you're, right, okay. <laughs> I'll leave, should I? I love Oregon. Some people may not. You could speak for the people of Oregon. I'll speak <laughs> exactly. for the people of Washington. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, Washington's nice, but it's not Oregon. Um, but yeah, no, you've no sales tax. Have you been to Portland? Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are some exceptions. Small town, small town America, you don't get better than Portland, uh, France, rather. France, <laughs> Oregon. It's beautiful. It was rated the number one most beautiful town in the world in 2019 oh. by TripAdvisor. So, <laughs> actually... <laughs> okay, fair enough. No, I mean, no, America has like stunning places. I'm sure it's nice. They got worse. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Um, but yeah, so your favorite place that then was, did you say Florence? But were you working online when you were doing that? Yeah, yeah, no, I did uh, at various points because I, I go back there as, as frequently as I can, obviously. Um, that's, it's, it's got to be a toss up. Though. I was going to just interject because I remember when you said, like, in the spring, you, like during uni and stuff, you're like, oh, I'm going back to America for like a month or something. I was like, you're going back to my country <laughs> and I'm not? They get suspicious of me though. When I turn up and they're like, why are you staying so long? I'm like, well, I'm going for the summer. And they go, well, why are you staying so long? It's yeah. Like, the summer. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like no, me. And how do you like afford it? How do you, but I feel like this is a whole other, like, like how do you afford to do that? Like, do you, do you budget and save up in advance? Like knowing that this is something you want to do and then you go, or do you just like, hope for the best when you get back or what I've realized is that it's so expensive that you can only justify it if you go for a long time yeah so, no true <laughs> so yeah. with um when I go I can either stay you know in an Airbnb or like spare room something like that or I can stay with my granddad so <laughs> that's yeah, the convenient one he's got a spare room nice. so I can stay there um but yeah the flights the flights are ridiculous I mean I because I fly without luggage tell me about still it. 700 800 tell quid. me about it yeah unbelievable I mean it, it really is I'm not going home for Christmas really? isn't that sad what are you gonna do tears um, uh, my sister, she actually, she's been working a lot, so she has saved up, um, to come and visit me. So she's coming for the holiday, but then, um, yeah, I'll just be chilling New Year's. Yeehaw. <laughs> um, I figure I could probably get some assignments done, but I booked a solo trip. Where to? Um, I'm going to the Arctic Circle. <laughs> I am going to Tromso, Norway to see the Northern Lights in January. Aww. So yeah. you're doing something at least. I mean, the thing is though, this isn't the first time you've gone abroad either because you told me that you were in Italy 
relatively yeah. recently well, as well. Well, if you listen to my most recent episode on oh, solo travel, so. I talk about my trip to Italy. Um, but yeah, I did go to Italy by myself. And I remember you were in Italy as well. We, we th- Yeah, we said we were going to maybe meet up or something, see if you could. Because I was, coming, I was in yes. Florence. Yeah, no, it Different was... Florence. The Florence, Italy. Yeah. Not Florence, one. Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> Inferior Florence. No, I'm, I'm going to Florence next year. Um, that one. The, the Italy one. Italy one, one. yeah. Yeah. Um, no, because it, w- it was because, yeah, you, uh, you'd visited Pisa. Yep. Visited Florence. Yep. But where else? And uh, Cinque Terre. That was the one. Yeah. Yeah. I talk about all the last episodes. I'm sorry if I'm boring listeners that are committed. I'll just, I'll just try it back. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, just going to take the piss out of you. But yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, that, w- that would have been good. I mean, because I'd wanted to see France. I still haven't been to France today. Yeah. So I'm desperate to go. But yeah, at the time I was in Sicily, so it was it was I was down the road a little bit, but I was coming back from somewhere else, so I just stopped stopped off in Rome. Yeah. Could have been. I went to Rome the summer for the first time and I uh, we went there for a day and I wish we'd stayed longer. It's like an open air museum. It's insanely beautiful. Everywhere you go, like everywhere you look, turn around, there's just like something magnificent that it isn't even like the Colosseum and stuff like like like, like the stuff like you hear about stereotypically of Rome. There's so much more to it that no one talks about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Italy is one of those places where the whole country seems like it's frozen in time. Uh, it's just various points. I mean, Palermo. If, if you have you been to Sicily yet or Mm-mm. not yet? If you get a chance, go down there. But it's it's ridiculous. You like were there years. for a month. You were there for three weeks. You were there for a while. I was there for a while. Yeah. Well, I left halfway through, so I left. I came back to the UK because it was Mother's Day. Flew back to. Italy. <laughs> How do you afford this? <laughs> that, that's not too expensive. That's the thing. I think people don't realize if you fly Ryanair, it's seven ninety nine. True. Yeah. yeah. You can get those cheap flights. So when you're in America, what do people tend to think about your accent? It varies. It varies big time. Um, some places adore it. Um, I called up when I was in New York last time. I called up to to go and sit in on a court case, and um, she said, "Oh my God, I love your accent." <laughs> I'm like, "Ah, oh, thank you." <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but some places, honestly, they can't understand. Um, so water. I can I have a bottle of water, please? Oh, I had someone today. Um, Phil, no, I'm talking about them. They said bottle of water. I bottle was like, water. yeah. But then it, it slurs together even more. Then and, and then it's kind of like bottle of water. Yeah, and, and I was like, excuse me. It just goes <laughs> straight over the head. Yeah. yeah, no, this is it. And and I must have got said it four or five times. I was like, oh, I'm kidding. Water. Are you getting water? <laughs> Like, oh, water, why don't you say... <laughs> the way you guys all say water is really funny <laughs> to me. It just makes sense. <laughs> but, I mean, it can't be that different, can it? You know, Red Bull. How? It's pretty similar. Red Bull? Red Bull, yeah. That's They won't fun. get it. They, they didn't get it. So Did you have anyone that hated your accent and, like, hated you for your accent? No. I oh. I didn't come across Wow. Not oh, to my I, face. I, I, wonder, I wonder what that's like to not have people <laughs> tell you that they hate your accent. And you're like, oh, all right, fuck off. Like... <laughs> British people have become more confident in being pricks to people's faces. <laughs> I, I don't know where that comes from because, like I said, I, I think people that go to the States love the States. Um, but it, it's when, trendy. When it's the States comes to them, it's yeah, a different story. Yeah. But no, I, I, don't, I don't really get it. it. It's nice. It's nice to have a, a change. You know, obviously, if you're dealing with people from just this country you're getting pretty bored. I mean, obviously, we get the American accent and culture and things like that, but you know, it's, it's kind of rare to hear, hey! <laughs> well, I feel like me being in the north, it makes it a little less common. Yeah. Versus, I know when I go to visit London for the first time, which I still haven't been, but I'm going in December. <laughs> um, uh, I know that no one will care about me being American, or if they will care, it's because of like a prior prejudice toward it. It isn't like a, 
oh my god, you're American. Why are you here in London? It's a, like, it, it's a metropolis. No one's gonna care. Yeah, yeah, it, it's strange. I mean, York's only got seventy thousand odd people as well, so it's. There's, I mean, there's hardly anyone here. So if you if you stand out in any way, any kind of accent, then you know, obviously my other half's from. Well, she lives in Qatar, so her accent, she has an accent that sounds American. Yeah. So automatically people are like, so where in America are you from? Well, yeah, because... She's like... Because they also, like, the, they learn, like, the American accent English. Yeah. 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 She went to a British school, but apparently... Oh, America, that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really get it, but apparently that's how it works. But, okay. yeah, it, it does, it happens with her all the time. Whereabouts in America are you from? People can't, can't distinguish. You've, you've heard her accent, haven't you? I don't, I don't know. The girl that was here with, uh, when Paul's, when you came to see Paul's. Yeah, I I didn't really listen to the <laughs> accent. Like to me, like I, I only notice, I guess the different accents. If it, I don't know if someone points it out to me, because now I'm just like I'm used to hearing a bunch of different accents. But I notice the British accent when I'm in America still. I was gonna say, do you fi- do you find it strange going back and hearing American? Hearing all American accents. It was weird when I was on the airplane and I heard the pilot say like, "Hello, welcome to rainy Seattle." And I was like, I that. "That was so weird to me." I was like, "Oh my god, it's not a British." I love pilot. That. that was so strange to me <laughs> hearing that, and then landing in America and just hearing all the accents. It was a lot louder too. I felt a little overwhelmed at first. I was like, I'd quieted down a little bit. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, I'd quieted down just a little bit while I've been here. Um, but that's why I felt like I was overpowered quite a bit when I got back. It is one of the strange things. Uh, Virgin planes, especially, I noticed it. If you <laughs> when you get on, you go and, and they go, "Oh, good morning, hello." Where's your, where's your seat? Can I just check your ticket? And go, what? Well, no, people are also like a lot friendlier when it comes to like food service and things like that. That's true. Like me being here, uh, I like go, going to a coffee shop. I don't expect people to like go out of their way to be like, oh my gosh, is there anything else I can get for you? Blah, blah, blah. Like that's me when I work food service in America. <laughs> I'm very outgoing, friendly. Yeah. And I mean, because you also make tips. Yeah, no, that's true. The tipping culture is bigger over there than it is here. Here, yeah. if, you, if you see a service charge, you can avoid the tip. Well, now that I'm 21, if I could probably go work at a bar in America and go make good tips this summer. This is true. That's something I'm seriously considering. Really? Yeah, why not? If someone's willing to hire me for the summer, rake in the cash. <laughs> why not? Not going back to pokey. It's pokey? Pokey. Okay. Pokey. I'm not I'm so sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I work. I, I mean, I might go work at the pokey bar again, but... Depends on the tips. pay and <laughs> tips. Yeah, I want to ask um, some people I know that work at some bars and see how much they make in tips. And see to be fair, the dollar's going to, when you come back, you're going to have so much money. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think the pound's going to plummet more? Well, no, not more, but I mean, just the, the pay in the States has gone way, way I did way transfer up. some of my dollars over to pounds um, in like the summer, yeah. in, in August, when it was like a good I'm time jealous. for me. Yeah. <laughs> I remember because I went uh, not that long ago, it was, it was, it was $1.40 to the pound. And I was in the States, I was like, this is great, everything's 40% off. Yeah, not anymore. No. <laughs> yeah, I was not happy last year, but I've been, I've been happier this year, yeah. 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 I can see it in your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I feel richer. <sighs> yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Um, Mitchell, it has been lovely having you on the podcast today. It's been lovely being here. Yeah. Thank you to you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can find us at um, The Universe Podcast on Instagram, and you can also find the podcast episodes on Spotify, iTunes, and Pocket Casts, all the places. And we will see you all next Thursday. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>